Welcome to the Nutritional Minute with your host, Meg Reichert, a military spouse, national board certified health and wellness coach, personal trainer, and certified weight loss coach. Join Meg as she helps you to uncover the ties between your mental health and nutrition and how you can connect the two to provide support as you go through the transitioning ups and downs of life. Now, here's your host, Meg Reichert. Hi, welcome to Nutrition Minute. I'm Meg Reichert. I get to be your host. I'm a nationally board certified health and wellness coach and culinary coach, and I really enjoy bridging the gap between our mental health and our physical health. But that being said, sometimes we just have to talk about food, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to go over a few quick tips to optimize your food and how to get more bang from your buck. Now, I am certainly not saying that Girl Scout cookies, tis the season, is not a good idea because there are Girl Scout cookies in my house right now, and I think that they are always a good idea. But I am saying that when you are wanting to prepare a meal, you want to make sure that whatever you're eating is going to serve you in the best way possible. So here's a couple of my tips that I recommend to my clients and that I try to live by as well. So fat, right? Right now, fat is super trendy and we hear all types of things about good fat. In the 80s and 90s, fat was bad. It was the devil. (laughs) And this is a common myth. The common myth is that all fat is bad. But a study that was conducted 30 years ago, which, hello, that is like prime food pyramid time, actually showed that heart disease is caused by lifestyle factors, not genetics. So this is why the food pyramid reduced all types of fat in the diet because they're thinking, man, fat is clogging your arteries, which is causing heart attacks. So it must be the fat in our food that is getting into your arteries. But the truth is that total fat is actually not linked to heart disease, but rather the type of fat. So you want to make sure that you're staying away from trans fats on a regular basis. And these are Fats that are going to be found in things like fast food, chips, processed meat, certain cheeses, well, all cheese. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, those are types of things that we don't want to eat on a regular basis, right? There is nothing wrong with driving through the Wendy's drive-thru when you're pressed for time or when you're just craving that spicy chicken sandwich. But making that part of your regular diet may not be something that you want to do. So, monounsaturated, polyunsaturated fats. Those are things that we get. We want to have a little bit more of in our diet than trans fats. And those are going to be things like olive oil, avocados, avocado oil, nuts, seeds, avocado toast is a trendy food for a reason. Throw a little bit of hemp seeds on there and you're going to make it even better because those are going to be full of really, really good fats for you. So the That type of food does not balance the same as French fries might. Now, French fries are also delicious and they serve their place, but you may want to lean more on the avocado toast more than you might on the French fries, but it's up to you. Protein. When you're choosing the best types of protein, it's key to remember a few things. Foods never just have proteins. You're not going to have something like, "Mm, man, this is really good protein, (laughs) right? They're always going to be accompanied by carbohydrates or fats. 
So we definitely want to replace red meats with nuts and legumes. They're the best substitute. And honestly, red meat is kind of the worst protein for our our environment. Now, I hear you rolling your eyes. I can feel it. But hear this. Red meat has gotten a really bad rap for a long time. It's still a really good source of protein, and it also still has its place. It is a great source of iron and a lot of other micronutrients. Red meat is not the devil that we think it is as far as our nutrition. However, growing cattle is not necessarily the best thing for our environment. Rainforests were actually destroyed in Brazil, I think, a couple of years ago, uh, mostly to make room for cattle ranches. If you did not know this, the rainforest is our greatest source of oxygen for the world. So red meat has its place. Know where you're getting your red meat. Red meat that is raised in the United States, in my opinion, is honestly the best just because we have some really harsh restrictions on how animals can be treated here. They should be better, but we're pretty good, right? And we want to make sure that our protein sources are happy protein sources because actually happy cows do make better milk. Happy cows do make better beef. Happy chickens make better chicken. Happier pigs make better pork. The better the animals are treated, truth be told, the better they are for your body. There's all kinds of scientific studies on this, and it is crazy that happier animals, animals that are fed better, they're treated better, they actually have healthier bodies, which in turn means healthier nutrients for us because we consume their bodies. But you know, when we are thinking of this, you know, if you think about eating pork or eating chicken, there's also fat associated with that. We know that dark meat is going to be higher in calorie than white meat. So, you know, some people never eat chicken thighs. They only eat chicken breast. And it is for this reason why chicken breasts are actually like quadruple the size now that they used to be, because that is a quote unquote health food. But hear this, the discrepancy in calorie between a chicken thigh and a chicken breast is not what's going to make or break your food goals unless you are somebody who is a professional weightlifter, um, a competitive fitness person, right? That difference isn't really going to make or break. Now, that gets a little different when you're dealing in the world of like high cholesterol um, and blood pressure. You know, there are some discrepancies. You may want to go lighter on chicken thighs and chicken breasts, but honestly, that there's not that much difference other than the fact that there's going to be more fat found in dark meat than there is in white meat, but there's still fat and there's still carbohydrates as well. So there's especially um, a higher carbohydrate content when you're looking into plant-based protein sources. So that's going to be things like broccoli and peas. Those two vegetables have actually a good bit of protein in them, but they also serve as a carbohydrate. And we're going to talk about carbohydrates in just a minute. Our nuts and our seeds are going to have a higher fat content to go with that protein than they would a carbohydrate, but protein is always latched onto carbohydrates and fats. It cannot ride solo. So you actually, if you're looking to go into a high protein diet, you're actually not avoiding carbs and fat. You're actually probably going to be getting more fat in your diet because there are more um, calories to a gram of fat than there are calories to a gram of protein. But this also brings us to our next topic, fruit and vegetables. High intake of fruits and vegetables during the adult life is likely to, at most, have a modest impact on overall cancer risk, right? So that's why we want to be able to get those fruits and vegetables into our kids a lot um, 
quicker and a lot easier. And if you want tips on that, check out my podcast from last week. But a high intake of fruits and vegetables will reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease, mostly because of high potassium intake. And there's probably also a higher intake of folate, because if you're getting a large amount of fruits and vegetables, you're probably paying attention to those leafy greens as well. Fruits and vegetables are carbohydrates and carbohydrates are our largest source of calories in our diet. So carbohydrates are not bad. People say I'm going on a low carb diet usually means you're going on a low grain diet. Fruits and vegetables are carbohydrates. Most of the foods that you have in your pantry or in your refrigerator also have carbohydrates. They are carbohydrates. We cannot avoid them, but carbohydrates are not bad, right? So when you're looking at a food label, you're going to see carbohydrates under that. You're going to see fiber and you're also going to see sugar and fiber are carbohydrates. So you want to take a look at your grains, right? And you also want to pay attention to how they're processed. So milling is probably the quote unquote healthiest version of processing grains. And that's exactly what you think it is. That's when we're just grinding down a whole grain and we are taking everything from that and then we're consuming it. Refining our grains means that the bran and the germ are taken out and we're only left with the endosperm and that's the starch. But what ends up happening here is you're actually removing the key nutrients, vitamins, minerals, and most of the fiber. So literally all the things that make grains amazing are taken out because we've refined them. And then a lot of times they're actually put back in, those nutrients are put back in synthetically because when we do that, we're making things a little bit more shelf stable, right? So when we leave the bran and germ in certain foods, they can spoil a lot quicker um, because there's also moisture in there. So when you see foods advertising high fiber, look at the ingredients list and you're going to want to look for cellulose fiber. If you see cellulose fiber in the ingredients list, you probably want to avoid it. And that's usually a really good sign that a grain has been refined and then the cellulose fiber has replaced whatever nutrients have been taken out. So like dietary fiber, carbohydrate quality rather than the percent of calories from carbohydrates appears to be more important for your health. You really want to go with quality food. You want to aim for quality carbohydrates. And what does that look like? That looks like consuming grains that are higher in fiber. They're whole grains. They actually whole grains reduce the risk of type two diabetes and coronary heart disease but a high intake of refined grains. So those grains that are without the brand and the germ, those actually likely increase your risk of these diseases. So we always want to fall on that whole grain side and the higher fiber. So a whole grain is always going to have a higher fiber. And also a high intake of refined starch and sugar is particularly problematic with underlying insulin resistance. So if you're a woman listening to this, the majority of women, as we're getting closer to menopause and our hormones are changing, we tend to become insulin resistant and that is mostly impacted by our diet. So we want to take a closer look at the types of foods that we're eating. We want to reduce the amount of soda and sugary vegetables. We want to reduce the amount of refined grains. We want to eat more plant-based protein, have higher intakes of fruits and vegetables, and really focus on monosaturated and unsaturated fats. So these are my quick tips for optimizing your diet. And literally because it said quick tips, I did not just 
provide you with a few tips. I also gave them to you very quickly. So with that, I hope that you are having a wonderful week and I look forward to chatting next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Nutritional Minute, a podcast of Behind the Service. Join us every Thursday for another Minute with Meg. If you enjoyed this episode, please share on your social media and be sure to tag Behind the Service Podcast. You can follow us on our socials at Behind the Service Podcast.